Hello, my friend, Joshua Boswell here, and welcome to another episode of The Writer's Life. Hello, my friend, welcome back to the Wellness Mastery Course. We're gonna talk about the 10 commandments of really great sleep. You know, sleep is the foundation of so much of your health because during the day you're up and around, you're doing stuff, you're thinking a whole bunch of thoughts, you're adding toxins to your body, you're breaking down, you know, fats and proteins and carbohydrates and there's waste products that all go inside that whole process and your body needs time to just shut down, clean house, regroup, also it needs time to build out myelin sheaths out across your nerve endings to increase your ability in terms of you know whatever it is you're trying to do your reading skills your writing skills your marketing your thinking your uh, analytical skills all those kinds of things all of that stuff sharpens and refines itself as you sleep that's why we all need sleep so if you get low amounts of sleep then your body is always trying to catch up and doesn't have enough time and energy to be at a high state of peak performance or high performance levels. So sleep is absolutely critical. Now I know there are a lot of people and they're like, well, I'm a night owl. I can run on four hours of sleep. I can do this. And, and I get it. But scientifically, the data for over hundreds of years validates again and again and again that somewhere in the range of seven to nine with eight being a great number, eight hours of sleep every single night allows for that growth, allows for that cleansing, allows for that processing, allows for the rejuvenation, and really creates a foundation for incredible wellness and health. So I wanna share with you what I lovingly call the 10 commandments of great sleep. So these are 10 things that you can do to improve the quality of your sleep and be more rested, more energetic, and have better overall wellness. So let's look at what these 10 commandments are. We're gonna start at number 10, and we're gonna go down to number one, and these are in order of priority. So if you can't do anything else, start off with number one, and then work your way up to number 10. But all these are pretty simple to do. They don't require a whole lot of stuff in your life, with the exception of number one, which I'll explain, or number 10, which I'll explain in a minute. But they're very, very simple to do. You can just add them into your regular routines and rhythms and enjoy a super fantastic great night's sleep. So number 10, if you're really struggling to have a great night's sleep, one of the things that you can do is you can take supplements, natural supplements that will help put your body into a sleep state. So specifically, that's melatonin and magnesium. Both of these uh, supplements help to run the processes that manage your sleep and that help put you into a deep sleep state. Now, before I tell you to do this, remind you, let me remind you, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a physician, I'm just sharing with you things that I've read from other studies or that I found to be super helpful for myself or my loved ones. And so I'm not prescribing anything, I'm not promising you any kind of health benefits, I'm just telling you, giving you insights on things that I've seen be beneficial for others. As always, if you've got questions about any kind of supplement or any kind of other thing, talk to your physician. So melatonin and magnesium, supplements of those before bed, typically stats have shown that those help to induce a sleep state and to create a deeper sleep state in the process. Okay, number nine. 
Number nine is one that I think is incredibly powerful because it's super high leverage. What do I mean by high leverage is not only does it help you be rested and restful at night, but it also helps you be more productive and effective the following day. And I learned about this when I was a missionary in the Netherlands. I lived there for two years serving as a missionary for my church. And our leader always said to me, he was a multimillionaire, super successful, and had done that in the insurance business, sold life insurance, very, very profitable, very, very successful. And he said the number one thing that he did to help build his success was every night at the end of the workday. So basically, at the end of the workday, he would plan for tomorrow. Plan for tomorrow. Now, what do I mean by planning for tomorrow? What I mean by planning for tomorrow is you simply look ahead and all the things that are on your mind and everything that you're going to think about and need to remember and, and have to get done and to-do lists and checklists and meetings and all that kind of stuff. If you spend just a few minutes at the end of the workday or at the end of the evening and just jot all that stuff down on a piece of paper, in a planner, in the computer, wherever it is, so that at night when you lay down, you literally can be like, okay, I have all of that stored. I'm ready to address it tomorrow. I can organize it, plan it out, and I can get that off of my mind. The old expression that a short pencil is better than a long memory is very powerful here. And I talk to a lot of people, they say, I just can't get to sleep. And they say, well, why can't you get to sleep? And you know what they say? I'm thinking about too much stuff. My answer is get in the habit of planning for tomorrow today. And if you'll plan for tomorrow and just jot all that stuff down, then it'll be off of your mind. You'll have a way better chance of getting a good night's rest. Number eight, short, short naps. Now here's a very interesting thing. If you take a long nap, then you have already done a lot of your cleansing and processing. And so at night you're feeling a little bit wired up. If you don't take any naps at all, which a lot of people don't, so I'm not saying you have to, but I'm just telling you what the studies show. If you don't take any naps at all, what happens is, is a lot of times people will power through, and, and oftentimes they have to power through with caffeinated drinks or energy drinks or additional supplements or whatnot. And so they power through, and what happens is you get so fatigued that your brain stops thinking clearly and you interrupt your normal circadian rhythms and metabolic functions when you get super, super, super burned out. Now, I'm not talking about being exhausted and tired. I'm talking about being mentally and emotionally burned out. And a lot of people that I talk to say, well, how'd you, how'd you sleep last night? I says, oh, I slept terrible. I was so tired and so exhausted. I just, I, just, you know, I just couldn't get a good night's sleep. And I find that that's often the case. So if you take a short nap, it'll allow you to reset have some energy, and then at night when you go to bed, you'll think, oh, I was way more effective, way more productive, and you'll actually be in a better state to have a great night's sleep. So number eight is, if you can swing it, short nap. When I was a lifeguard years ago in high school, I figured out, so at the time, and I don't know what the laws are now, but at the time, we could have 45 minutes on, 15 minutes off. That was state law. And so they were always sharp and aware. So we would be out on the deck or out on duty, out, you know, walking around, looking at the pool for, for 45 minutes. And then we would come in and we would rotate in for 10 to 15 minutes. And I realized like, oh, I can figure out how to put myself into deep sleep in 10 minutes. 
and drop down into a short nap in 10 to 15 minutes. Now, some people say, well, that's impossible. It's actually not impossible. You can train yourself to do this. And there's a lot of different ways to do it. I personally, my technique for that, I'll just share an insight. I've got two techniques for dropping instantly right into sleep. One of those is when I close my eyes, and you can try this right now, as long as you're not driving and listening to me, but you can close your eyes. And when you close your eyes, now this might sound weird, but this is the way I see things. When I close my eyes, I can see blackness. I also can see lights and other spots from other things that I'm doing. And what I do is I focus in on the blackness and then I start from my head and I work my way down to my toes thinking of how that blackness, that deep, calm, warm blackness is just covering up my body and shutting all my systems down. And I just do a mental check just saying, okay, there it is. You know, my my toes are going to sleep and my legs are going to sleep and my knees and my thighs and you just walk down through that process. I know it sounds kind of dorky, but I figured out that, man, if I focus on sleep or if I focused on the darkness, I can go to sleep really quick. Another thing is, is a great meditation technique and that is just focus on the word release. You're just releasing the stress. You're releasing the thoughts. You're releasing the tensions. You're releasing awareness. You're just releasing everything. Just release. And you just say that over and over again. As the thought pops up, you say, oh, just release that one out. And if you get good at this and practice this, either focusing on the darkness, or it sounds kind of like spooky, right? Focus on the darkness. You have to have darkness when you sleep, okay? So you focus on the darkness, or you focus on releasing all the tension, all the ideas, all the thoughts. And with time, you can practice this. Set a stopwatch for 15 minutes and just say, I'm just going to lay down for 15 minutes. I remember after dinner, Sunday dinners would go over to Grandma and Grandpa Quilliam's house. That was my mother's parents, my mother Christine's parents. And we would go over there, and my grandpa, after dinner, he would saunter on into the living room, lay down right in the middle of the floor, and 30 seconds later, he was snoozing away, and 15, 20 minutes later, he'd be up and chipper and wanting to play with us and just refresh and revive himself. And I always thought, man, how does he do that? Well, that's this is one of the ways you can do that. So short naps, short naps in the middle of the afternoon can actually help you have a better night sleep for lots of different reasons. Number seven. Now, this number seven violates U.S. American culture, but is in harmony with a lot of other cultures around the world, so it depends on where you live. But that is this, small, a small dinner. See, when you have a lot of food that you're processing, number one, it boosts up your insulin. It's just trying to process and stabilize your blood sugar levels. But then you also have more stuff to process in terms of food, proteins, carbohydrates, all those kinds of things. And a lot of times what that'll do is that'll say a full stomach oftentimes signals to your body that you're getting ready to do something. A regular standard smaller dinner is going to signal to your body, okay, hey, we're just, we're fine. We're not in a state of anxiety. There's not gonna be any cortisol dump. You're gonna be like stabilized. Your blood sugars will be stabilized and you can get a good night's rest. Smaller dinners have been proven to help with that sleep process. Number six, and you're really, maybe, I don't know, I might be the super, super bad guy for this one, but statistically I'm telling you this one will help you have a better night's sleep, and that is no caffeine or sugar or alcohol
after four o'clock. Now, it depends on what time you go to bed. Statistically, it's four to five hours before bedtime. So, so a lot of this stuff, it's going to take your body four to five hours to process. And a lot of people, they drink energy. Like, again, they don't have the naps and they don't, you know, get a good night's sleep. And so they're constantly pushing their bodies with energy drinks and with all kinds of stimulants. And they just push that right up to bed. And then they can't figure out why they're so jittery and can't sleep really well. And so a late night cup of coffee after dinner, if dinner is at four or five o'clock, and so I'm going to say after, we'll say 4 or 5 p.m. But if you have a, if you have a cappuccino or some kind of you know, drink after dinner in the evenings, uh, that's going to mess up your circadian rhythms and, and it's going to mess with your sleep. Now, I know some people will be like, but Joshua, like, you know, a couple of glasses of wine makes me all kinds of sleepy. I'm not disputing that. What I'm saying is, is that that kind of regular rhythm will mess up your skinny rhythms and it disrupts your sleep. Alcohol also disrupts your ability to go into REM sleep. So while you can go into sleep and unconsciousness, going to that vital REM sleep, the rapid eye movement sleep where dreams happen and where the deep cleansing and the deep rebuilding of your body happens doesn't happen. So you might sleep, but because you're disrupting REM cycles, then you're not getting a deep sleep. And that's an issue for feeling rested and increasing your wellness. So cutting out the caffeine, the sugar, and the alcohol after four o'clock every evening is important, okay? Number five. Number five is you want to get more sunshine in the morning. More sunshine in the morning. So opening up your windows, getting a lot of sunshine in the morning and the early afternoon is signals to your body, hey, this is wake time. This is energy time. This is rebuild or, uh, uh, expenditure time. Like this is the time that I go and do and be productive. Sunshine is amazing at signaling off all kinds of receptors inside of our body to help us know that we're alive and alert. Now, why is that important in the morning? Well, because in the morning times, if you do that, then what will happen is, is your body will wind up. And then as the sun gets lower and lower, you'll signal to yourself, oh, it's now rest time. See, our circadian rhythms kick in because they mirror the sun. And so you have bright sunlight and then you slowly gradually taper off just like the sun does. And so if you have more sunshine in the morning, you'll have more energy, more productivity, and that will expand your energy and make you sleepier in the nighttime. It's an important one. Now, along with that, number four is cut out simulated sunshine in the evening. And by that, what I mean is no tech, no technology, one to two hours before bedtime. Why is this important? Because what happens is, all, almost all technology now has backlit lights and even ones that have true tones or evening tones or the warmer tones, still you're exposing in a high dosage light 
I'm not going to say radiation because that sounds bad, but you're exposing light waves to your brain and into your retina and to your skin cells, and it's signaling to your body, hey, it's still daylight. Keep moving. Keep going. And what will happen is, is that will fire off a whole set of hormones and chemical dump in your body, and it will disrupt not only your sleepiness, but it will disrupt that REM sleep as well because your body will be saying, wait, I'm confused. I thought it was daytime. I just saw all this blue light from this technology. Isn't it time to be awake? Isn't it time to be functioning? But I feel like I got so much, you know, so many toxins. Like, so you're sending mixed signals. So simply cut out technology one to two hours before bedtime. Set the phone down. You can live without it for a little bit. Don't sit and watch TV late at night. Evening news, bad idea because bad content and bad light waves. Uh, sitting on your iPad or other reading device, those things will disrupt. And if you're if you're skeptical about this one, this simulated sunshine late at night, just do it for a week. I promise you, you will be like, oh my goodness, why didn't I put this thing down a long time ago? Spend time with loved ones, connect with people, sit in you know quiet places, and just have you know a little bit of distancing from your technology in the evening. Number three. You want a comfy bed and sheets and pillow. Now, I don't know what that means for you. I guess for most people in the world, by you know, if, if I gauge by going to um, hotels all around the world, well, the vast majority of them are like, to me, and I'm a pansy, I admit it right here, the vast majority of them are like, you know, a memory foam or a cheap mattress or something, and they're flat as a board and stiff as a board. Now, I personally am not a big fan of stiff and flat. I like squishy and comfy and like cloud thing. And so I invested, uh, I, I invested what most people would consider a ton of money, over $5,000 into it, all latex, variable pressure point mattress. It's fabulous. I had it custom built for my wife and I. She's got a little bit different side than I've got. And we've got specific comfort zones and pressure point zones. And I just make sure, look, look, I'm going to spend so much time in that bed every single night. And if I don't get comfortable and I don't drop into REM sleep and I don't get in that rebuild and that refresh, then, you know, it doesn't matter what else I'm going to be doing because it's like, I'm going to wake up tomorrow. My productivity is going to be down. So it, it, you know, just so many things, my attitude, my productivity, my physical health, my well-being, my relationships, my ability to make money, all of it gets disrupted. Now, I'm not suggesting that you need to go out and get a custom bed for five or $6,000. What I am suggesting is Feel free, every bed, every mattress out there has, almost all of them, has some kind of a return policy or a warranty policy. So play around with it. Before we got to this bed, we bought and returned, I think, I don't want to exaggerate, but it was like seven or eight beds and until we found one that we really liked. And I, I felt no guilt at all about doing that. You know, they would deliver them, and then they would come pick them up, and I'd get a refund. Sometimes I had to pay a restocking fee, but the fact is, I was playing around to get just the right thing. Same thing with pillows. I've been through probably 20 different pillows. Same thing with sheets. I've been through a number of different sheets. By the way, my favorite sheets, bamboo, is fabulous to sleep in, in my opinion. So having comfy bed, sheets, and pillow 
really defines how well you sleep. And again, some people will lay on my bed and be like, it is so squishy. I hate this thing. Like, give me a nice stiff piece of memory foam and call it quits. So whatever is comfortable for you, find it, invest in it. Even if you got to save up for a little while, it makes all the difference. This is a major, major, major one that you want to spend some time thinking about. Okay, number two. Number two is bedtime routines. We are creatures of habit. There can be no doubt about it. And when we go into certain, like our bodies, our systems are designed for high efficiency. So you do things once and your subconscious brain goes, hmm, should we keep track of that? I don't know. And, and sort of holds it in reserve. You do it twice, you're like, hmm, this is important. Three, four, five, six times, pretty soon your subconscious is saying, not only this is important, but man, let's make this more efficient. Let's figure out how to do this on autopilot. See, anything you start doing repeatedly, your subconscious will want to put on autopilot, including going to sleep, especially going to sleep. So if you have processes and patterns that you follow on a regular basis, then you'll signal to your system, oh, it is now time to wind down and have bedtime. So for example, around our house at 8.30, an alarm goes off on all of our phones and we're like, oh, 8.30, it's time to start winding down and get ready for bed. And so then pajamas and teeth brush and prayers and all those kinds of things start happening. And then we all gather upstairs. We have a family prayer. And then I read to the family. I read some either kind of scripture or some kind of, you know, uh, wisdom book that we're you know looking at almost always it's either a scripture a talk from a church leader or something and then we read a novel together and we read books some kind of different books so we've read all kinds of books together as a family well you don't have to have that same routine but this is a routine that helps everybody wind down lay in bed listen to dad's voice or mother's voice and it just is this process that says okay it's now time to wind down. And then Margie and I will go from that. And my brain and my system signaled. And we can go spend a few minutes talking and then shoo, right to sleep and get a good solid night's sleep. So having these routines and these processes that you consistently do at certain times is very important. Now, what time is a good time to go to bed? I don't know. I just know that getting somewhere between seven and nine hours of sleep with eight as a great middle marker is really, really important for your process. And then number one, if you really want a great night's sleep, the number one thing statistically based on the data that I've read that you can do is to exercise in the morning. So exercise in the morning or in the early afternoon, not at night. Because again, as soon as you start exercising, adrenaline, cortisol, all kinds of different hormones and chemicals, endorphins start dumping in your body. And this is like, I'm alert, I'm energetic. Nothing keeps me going and has me more amped up than doing a nice workout, nice straight. And we talked about exercising, but some kind of exercise routine in the early morning or early afternoon. And doing this right here, what it does is, again, it's similar to the sunshine thing. It just signals to the body that now is the time to produce, to be effective, to work hard. And that's gonna slowly wane throughout the day. And if you do that exercise in the morning, 
then you're going to have less energy at night and be more apt to go to sleep. You'll have more energy in the afternoon and in the morning time when you're in production mode, and so you'll be less apt to do that. Now, again, I know that some people, the circadian rhythms are different. They say they're night owls. You can adjust some of this stuff, but this statistically, across the globe, all the studies validate that these 10 commandments, for the vast majority of the people, help to have a better night's sleep. And again, what you're shooting for is not just to have your eyes closed and to be unconscious, but you're looking to optimize for REM sleep so that you're in a deep state and you're getting well refreshed. You're building those muscles and those neuropaths and that body structure. You're rejuvenating all that and you're increasing your overall wellness. So my challenge to you is to look at the 10 commandments of great night's sleep and see which ones you're not doing and give it a try. Just test it out. Don't take my word for it. Like throw one of these in there. Spend some time and get a better bed. Spend some time, you know, working out. Take a short nap in the afternoon for 10 or 15 minutes. Even if you just lay down and rest, just sit down and go through a meditation. Just try it. You know, if you're really struggling, like, hey, go and get some supplements and increase the nutrition levels that help her sleep. Plan for tomorrow. So all of these things will help you get that deep sleep that you so desperately need to be at a high level of performance and to create the lifestyle of your dreams. Sound good? All right, I'll talk to you soon. Bye now. If you are ready to take your writing business to an entirely new level, and you've wondered what it would be like to have me coach you through the process of taking your writing skills and turning them into an incredible lifestyle, a lifestyle filled with things that matter most to you, then I want to invite you to go check out copywritermarketer.com coaching. Inside of our coaching programs, I give you over 20 years of experience in business and in copywriting, I share with you insights and secrets that I have learned from not only building my own substantial, successful writing business, but also the insights that I've gained from working with literally thousands of other writers just like you, writers who are looking to turn their skills into an amazing lifestyle. We cover four major areas inside of the coaching program. Number one, writing skills. How do you know when your writing skills are good enough and how do you take them up to the next level so you can really take on those big clients that pay substantial fees and really help you get the lifestyle that you want? So we look at writing skills. Number two, we look at marketing. It's no fun to go chase after clients. It's way better to have them come and chase you. And so I show you the insights and the secrets of creating marketing systems that allow clients to find you, to pre-qualify you, and for you to pre-qualify them, and to attract the clients who really are going to help you create the lifestyle of your dreams and help you to have fulfillment as a writer and do all of that automatically so you're not out there chasing clients. And then we look at the mindset piece. How do you have, how do you overcome your fears and have a winning mindset every single day? How do you overcome obstacles and struggles and challenges and all that crazy stuff that happens to you and I simply because we're human beings? 
help you walk through that process so you can have high performance thinking, success thinking, and successful mindset so you can tackle anything that life has for you and enjoy life to the fullest, which brings me to the fourth area that we look at inside of our coaching systems and programs, and that is lifestyle. How do you take all this once you've got the time, once you've got the money? How do you take all this and turn it into an incredible lifestyle, the lifestyle of your dreams? And how do you manage that, manage your time, and really live life to the fullest. We address that and give you secrets and insights that we've gained and that I've gained over the years working with some of the most successful people in the world. So again, I want to invite you to go check out your different options, copywritermarketer.com slash coaching and see which system is right for you. And I look forward to being your coach and walking you through the process of taking your writing skills and turning them into the lifestyle of your dreams. I'll talk to you soon. Bye now.